Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone, and happy holidays. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. And, of course, we're getting ready for 2018. Can you believe it? Wow. Time goes so quickly, doesn't it? It really does, but I'm sure we'll all be off to a great and a wonderful new year. I have to give a special shout-out to my friend Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, love you. Thank you for all your support and prayers so that all of you know Yoshiko is the wife of Justin Dart, who passed away, wow, almost 10 years ago, and Justin uh, was just a great leader in the disability community, really great leader around the world and really known as the general of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and we want to keep his memory alive. And his wife, Yoshiko, is the most wonderful person and friend and leader, uh, and I am committed to her and Justin Dart. So special shout-out, Yoshiko. And now to my friends around the world. Hey, to those of you that celebrated, Merry Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I want to thank you all so much for listening to the show uh, from Ireland, you know, to, to uh, someone in Saudi Arabia. It's amazing. Uh, but thank you so much, and keep spreading the word to everyone else. And last but certainly not least, Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, our lead sponsor of this show. You know, I just love this company. They are awesome. You know that? And David Holmberg and Deb Rice, they all are, and they've been supportive of me forever, and they are the lead sponsor of Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. And you know, this month, December, is the month that I try to focus on different not-for-profits because, to me, it's always about giving back. That is the true meaning of Christmas, giving back. And so I was delighted to, for the very first time, be able to feature on our show Christopher's Kitchen, uh, which is a new not-for-profit that we'll be talking about in a moment and started by an extremely dear friend of mine, wonderful person, um, and I'm so happy that she would join us today. So, Joan, welcome to the show. Hi, Joyce. Thank you very much for having me and letting me spread our word. Pleasure. So, we'll start with Christopher's Kitchen. Tell us about Christopher's Kitchen and how the name came to be. Well, Christopher's Kitchen uh, happened quite accidentally and quite tragically, actually, because I I lost my stepson. His name was Christopher to suicide when he was 16. And I was grief-stricken and not quite knowing what to do with myself. And as it has it, somebody presented... A, for me to go and help people at Children's Hospital to help the, the parents of the children at Children's Hospital by doing nails or hair or just giving them a couple minutes. So in doing that, then I started hearing their stories about how they had lost their jobs because they had to be in the hospital for so long or they had other children they had to feed so they were, they were looking to find something to eat. Maybe they'd have crackers that day. Maybe they'd eat off their child's tray. Maybe they would have nothing at all. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, that is just so terrible because it's horrible having a child that's sick and having to make all the decisions for that child. But then to have to worry if you can get something to eat or not just, like, just was crazy to me. Just I could not put those two things together. So you're telling me parents, um, of course, Children's Hospital, we're talking about children with uh, life-threatening illness, uh, which is so tragic and terrible to go through. And you're, and of course, 
most parents would not leave the child. They would want to be by their bedside. So what you're meaning is they do not have access to food. Yes. They do not have access to food or the finances to to buy $3 bottles of water. We're, we're going to put hydration stations in the hospital so they can get fresh, clean water. Um, if you're there a long time, like most of these people are there six months, eight months, um, you just can't afford three meals a day plus feed your, your other children plus not want to leave the room. There's just so many variables that happen around this food. Wow. Joan, when that first happened, I bet that really, obviously, it had a major impact on you for you to decide to do this. Oh, yes. I just, I, I just couldn't imagine adding another thing to your plate when you're trying so hard to figure out how best to help your child. I just can't imagine something so that we take for granted, like getting something to eat or getting something to drink, how that would play into that whole scenario. And what made you decide that? I mean, many people would see this and they would say, oh, that's so terrible. But that's different than what you did. You saw it, but then you said, I want to do something about it. Why? What gave you the uh, impetus to do that? I never thought about it. If you want to know the truth, I never thought about it. I seen it. I knew something had to happen, and I just went forward. I, there was not a thought process that happened. It was just like, this is terrible, and somehow I'm going to fix it. Well, isn't that just what makes you awesome? Because, and, and I hope you're all listening. You know, this reminds me of so many times it happens like this. Do you know that? For example, I know that my listeners know that my great friend in England, Kevin Bales, who is the author of many books, but the first book of his that I ever read, Disposable People, uh, is about human trafficking, and it just had a profound impact on me. And after that, we became friends, and he went from this to becoming the head of Free the Slaves. And do you know how that happened? He's walking... Uh, in England, he's walking at some, like, outdoor fair, and he sees on the table this brochure, more like an information about how terrible this human trafficking is. And from that, he starts this whole thing. I mean, like, they're just special people like that, like you, that they see something and they do something about it. And you know what, Joan? That's what makes all the difference. Look what happened from what you did. I know. It's amazing. It keeps rolling along, kind of in spite of me sometimes, I think. But there's some some greater power that that is guiding it, that's for sure. Well, see, and isn't that what Christmas is all about, though? It's not about the presents. It's not about uh, all the parties. It's not about the shopping. It's about, to me, giving back. That's what it's about. It's about giving uh, that that's what the true meaning is, giving back. And to me, that's what you've done. Actually, you're providing a gift to all these people. No, thank and you. And did you ever meet that woman again? You know, the first people you saw, did you ever see them again? No, I haven't. I have not, but I, uh, I do see many, many people over and over again because their children are so ill. Um, actually, in the hospital, they have a name for them. They call them frequent flyers, and they have to be back in intervals of maybe um, for two months, and then they go home for a month or, or something like that. There's many, many families that spend a whole lifetime like that. Just, you know, maybe one month home, four months in the hospital. Wow. And there is a connection. Christopher's Kitchen, you're located at Children's Hospital? We actually have our first test pantry in the emergency room in Children's Hospital. And we are the first hospital, we are the first organization 
to have a working food pantry inside of a hospital. It's a little different than a pantry where you would go for to the food bank or something like that, in, in that you take the food and you eat it right there in the hospital. You take it to your child's room. You take it to, if you're in the emergency room, your little suite that you're in. There's a microwave. You can cook food. You can, you can have grab-and-go food like granola bars and stuff, but we are the first hospital. I can truly say I have the facts to back that up that has a working food pantry inside the hospital. Wow, and did you say you're one of the first? We are the first. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Wouldn't it be something if Christopher's Kitchen goes across the country? Yeah, that just seems overwhelming to me, but it would be wonderful. It would be amazingly wonderful if everybody had access to it. Oh, yes. Because, like, when you're under tremendous stress, the last thing you have time to think about is where can I get food? But when you add water, wow, I mean, that's terrible. That is, you know, I'm going to tell you all something. When Joan first told me about this, I was shocked because it was so hard to believe. It was just so hard to believe that, I don't know, I guess I just envisioned that, you know, wherever you were on that floor that, you know, there was a place there you could get water and there was a place there you could get snacks uh, I mean, this is just what I assumed because of what, you know, the parents would be going through. Uh, Children's Hospital is here in Pittsburgh, uh, and, and it is in the United States absolutely one of the best hospitals for children. Uh, and, you know, uh, as Jen mentioned about these frequent flyers, there are children that are there frequently. Sadly, I have a young uh, man uh, that was in my Bender Leadership Academy. And he was in there, he's a young man, maybe, I don't know, 16, 17. He was in there with leukemia. And he got out, and we were all so excited, and now there he is back in there again. So, sadly, he is one of those frequent flyers. But thank God we do have this hospital here. But as I said, it's hard to imagine you would be going through incredible grief uh, and, and, and then have to be thinking, where do I get something to eat? So, Joan, what you're doing is a wonderful thing, and we're talking about Christopher's Kitchen. And, Joan, are you on Facebook? We are. We, have, um, we were on Facebook under Christopher's Kitchen, and then we have a webpage, which is Christopher'sKitchen.org. Okay, so you should all take time to look at that, christopherskitchen.org. What a great place to make a donation. Or go to Facebook and really think about it. This could be you. Take time to make a donation and make sure you have everyone you know listen to this radio show. Uh, as you all know, it's archived at my website and at Voice America. Right now, we've got to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us, we are talking today about Christopher's Kitchen. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. 
I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up, but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone and happy holidays. We're here today with Joan D'Alessandra and Sarah McGeary to talk about Christopher's Kitchen and what a great new foundation this is. Uh, Joan, before I would like to ask Sarah to say a few words, but before we do that, Children's is truly special. Uh, Do you want to just talk about that for a second? Well, I do. I want to Children's Hospital. I think we're up in up in like number five in the nation. It is a wonderful, wonderful hospital. The doctors are amazing. The nurses are are through the roof. Um, so their responsibility is to take care of the child, and they do that. They do that. So wonderfully, and everybody there is so dedicated to those children. I just wanted to make kind of make sure that everybody understood that Christopher's Kitchen is for the families. The hospital is not responsible to feed the families. They're responsible for taking care of the children, and they do that tremendously well. And we are so grateful to have Children's Hospital here in Pittsburgh. And if I can just add to that... Uh, all of you, my listeners, know I'm living with epilepsy, and I just want to tell you, they have partnered with the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. My great close friend, Pat Crumrine, uh, is in pediatrics working in epilepsy at Children's, and they have done tremendous work and partnered with us. So I know you're right. I know they are the best of the best, and, you know, we are really fortunate in Western Pennsylvania, like right here in Pittsburgh, we have such incredible uh, medical care. It's, it's just phenomenal. Uh, but they are definitely a standout. And I just want to say we are so pleased, Sarah, that you would be willing to join us today. How are you? I'm wonderful, and thank you for having me. It's, it's exciting it's and pleasure. humbling to listen to you all. Well... Joan has told me about you, so I think you have a very, very powerful story that really demonstrates how important this Christopher's Kitchen is. And and I wanted to know, would you take time to share that story? I I will. Um, I'm a frequent flyer. Um, I have five daughters, and 24 years ago, Um, there was an injury to my two-year-old and I thought it was a little uh, bump on the head. And when I arrived, there was ambulances and fire trucks and confusion and sent to a hospital and then all of a sudden life light is coming. Um, I think when we usually take our children to the hospital, It's for a fever, stitches, scary parent moments. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes it's life-changing. Mine was a trauma, but it could be premature babies, birth issues, tragedy, organ transplants, and mental health issues. Um, Mine was a trauma, so... When you show up at Children's Hospital, in my experience, I was scared, I was confused, I was alone, I was given information and choices that were too big for me, 
um, my daughter had a severe head injury, come to find out, and um, the first six weeks where this began ended my career. Um, We stay. That's what we do. The first six weeks was just trying to keep her alive and save her life um, while she was in a coma. And I think sometimes when people look at people with disabilities, they assume that it was something they were born with or it's something to be afraid of. And I think what a lot of us don't realize is that it could be something that happened two months ago or six months ago. And it doesn't just end with the head injury. That was the beginning of our journey. So by the time, thank God, she woke up, she now had casts on both arms and both legs and a helmet. And her sweet little eyes were rolling. But I was thankful she was alive. And... Joan and I have been friends for years, and you know, my daughter is precious, and she is with me, and she is in a wheelchair today, but she is spectacular, and the interesting thing, when Joan brought it up, do you know our family just never spoke about it for the last 24 years? By the time you get out of Children's Hospital, which was about a year later, um, you're just doing what you need to do to survive. So when she brought this up, my mouth just opened, and I just started telling the story. And I said, oh my gosh, I remember that. We didn't have food. If we had $3 and you go to the vending machine... You're not going to get a water. You're going to get a pop because you know you need to stay awake. Um, We had three adults there, and we all took eight-hour shifts sleeping in the chair so that two people would be awake the whole time to see what was going on. Um, And that was the beginning. And then you have... um, it's something that I think that parents don't talk about. I'm thankful for the, con- for the conversation. I'm a little humbled by it. I'm a little embarrassed. I think that pride keeps us from talking about it, especially when we're in the hospital. Your child is so sick, and, and to even to speak about the parents just seemed a little, it's, we just didn't do it. Um. I'm so grateful for Joan and the conversation that everyone's having because I think what Christopher's Kitchen can do is not just nourish these parents, but let them know that they still exist, that it's okay to have a new normal, that sometimes they just need a hug, Um, just to let them know that they're loved on still. And that sometimes a new normal is, and it is, it's really okay. And so it's been an extremely long journey, and it's been a wonderful journey. But Joan taking me back to that, that time in Children's Hospital, I understand why none of us spoke about it, because once we leave the hospital, you're trying to move on and not think about it. So to have somebody bring it up all these years later just almost makes, it made my heart explode. Like, I could really go back. I could really go back and love on those parents and give them what we missed. If that makes any sense. Wow. And having a water hydration system is brilliant. Well, so you did not have access to food. We didn't. And when you have the choice between a a $3 banana and a large plate of French fries that will at least feed all of the adults in the room, you have to get the French fries. Mm -hmm. 
That's just yeah. what was my yeah, experience. Yeah, and see, um, the reason, you know, is such a wonderful person, this story, really gets to me because, uh, you know, what I do for a living is find employment for people with disabilities in all kinds of fields, accounting, IT, everything. But what you said is so true about how people are viewed with a disability. They don't realize that, like me, mm-hmm. I had a brain trauma and I had brain surgery when I was 31 mm-hmm. uh, with the realization that I have epilepsy. But uh, with you... You were, you're such a loving parent. I can tell what happened. You were ashamed to say you needed food. Yes. Because you felt that was uh, being selfish or something, which is so ludicrous. But I understand in the moment you wouldn't think that. But I'm just saying that, you know, it is wonderful mothers like you that love their child so much that... uh, that think that, oh, I better not say anything because, you know, what, what matters more is my child. That's what matters. I mean, I can just envision you being like that, but you talked about the new normal. You know, it's hard to be 100% on target understanding what the doctor's saying and, and, and everything else if you don't have nourishment. So, That's right. Um, you are making life and death decisions. Yes. At 2 in the morning, at 5 in the morning, things are changing. A hospital, it's 24-7. There's no 9 to 5. So right. you're dealing with exhaustion and not even really knowing that you weren't taking care of yourself mm-hmm. or how important that is because you, you go in as mom, but instantly you are total caregiver, nurse, attending physician, it's it's an incredible it's an incredible amount of stamina needed. Oh, I know that you know uh, because I was the chair national chair of the board of the Epilepsy Foundation that uh, there are children that have infantile spasms or have hundreds of seizures a day, and that they too are or as you Jen said frequent flyers. And uh, people can't realize that just in one second, everything changes. Just, just one second, and everything is different. And just as you said, you go from mom to mom and caregiver, uh, you know, decision maker. I, I, I mean, everything. You have to actually learn everything. So how much does it help to just, provide nourishment to those parents. So if you're listening to the show and you're listening to Sarah, I hope you realize how important this is and how much it matters. And I want you to make a donation, but I also want you to tell everyone you know about Christopher's Kitchen and about this show. All you have to do is tell them to go to BenderConsult.com or VoiceAmerica.com and then you can hear the show again. Sarah, before we go to break, what's your daughter's name? Her name is Teddy Elizabeth, and she's spectacular. Well, there you go. Merry Christmas to her. And <laughs> I know she's spectacular. Uh, one question, does she have epilepsy now? Does she have seizures or not? She absolutely. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, mm-hmm. you know... You can go through all this, but I tell people that doesn't mean you're not an awesome person. So with that, we're going to go to break. If you just joined us, what a great show with Joan D'Alessandro and Sarah, is it, pronounce it again, McGeary, because I can't stand mispronouncing a name. Sarah (laughs) McGeary, this is Joyce Bender, America's Voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back to talk to Joan and Sarah.
opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up, but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.vendorconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. We're talking today about Christopher's Kitchen. And what a great organization this is. And, Sarah, thank you so much for also uh, joining us. Uh, Joan, how often do you believe there are parents like Sarah who need the services of Christopher's Kitchen? Oh, my goodness. I would say um, I I think the the accurate um, percentage is probably between 40 and 50% of people that come to Children's Hospital need some kind of food assistance, food food insecure, they're food insecure when they get there. So it's, it's a very high percentage. Wow. Now let me ask, so, so that our listeners understand exactly how does this work? Like, how would you know that you can get something to drink or eat? Uh, what would you do if you're a parent there? What would you do? Okay, well, um, they said the amazing people in the emergency room have made it, made it very easy. Um, when you are taken back to your little cubicle and they, they um, decide what is wrong with your child, at this point, the nurse or the assistant, I forget what they're called, will come back and say, we have food in in a Christopher's kitchen in the pantry. If you would like us to go get it for you, we have. And they will recite the menu of what is in there for that day. And they will go get it for you if you don't want to leave your child. Or they will walk you to the pantry themselves and show you what is there and, and let you help yourself to whatever is needed. And, and if you were, like I was telling you about that young man that uh, is in children's and has leukemia again, if you were up there on the floor and you had not gone through the emergency room, would there still be a way of finding that out? Okay. Um, right now, Christopher's Kitchen is only in the emergency room. The hospital asked us to begin there because that's where they thought the need was the greatest. So we are now getting all our data so that we can move Christopher's Kitchen up to the upper floors. So it will be on every floor of the hospital, and everybody will be able to partake, partake in Christopher's Kitchen. But wow. for right, now, right now, we're only in the emergency room. And then I think the next place that we go is to the PICU. Well, I mean, that is awesome. That is so great. 
Oh, and you know what? I forgot to tell everyone this. Uh, you know, tell our listeners, how did this get started? What I mean is, how did you first see these people? What were you doing at Children's? I, I started going down to Children's Hospital on Friday nights, and they call it a coffee house, and it's for the parents. This is also for the caregivers. It's just a little two-hour stretch where they can get out of the rooms. They can come get their nails done or their hair done, or they can get coffee or, or some kind of sweets, and that we have massage, and there's a live band. And so in my role, doing somebody's nails, so they're sitting, they're sitting there, and naturally, they've been cooped up all day, so they want to talk. They want to talk about their loved ones. They want to talk about what's going on. They, they don't want pity. It's not pity. They just want to talk because they're out of the room. They can, they can socialize and talk. And so I started hearing the stories about the food keep coming up over and over and over again. So I decided I wanted to put soup on each floor. And um, and next thing I know, I'm in front of the board at Children's Hospital, and they said, well, you can't really put soup because of um, what if somebody eats something they shouldn't eat. So then I decided, I was thinking, whoa, geez, what, what else could I do? What could I do? And then the idea of a food pantry came to mind. So they can go in, they can get whatever they need and whatever they want, and they can take it back to their room, and they don't have to be away from their loved ones. Well, you know why I'm telling this story, everyone? It started by a volunteer. Joan was volunteering with her awesome daughter, with her, Angela, her awesome daughter, who, by the way, was an intern in our office, but it started by volunteering. I mean, that's even more amazing. A volunteer creates a volunteer organization. But, but that is how it started because I remember when Joan would tell me that she was, uh, you know, going to Children's Hospital that Friday night or whenever. Uh, and, and so it started with volunteering. Isn't that just like you, Joan? You are so great. Uh, Sarah, how about you? What do you hope? What, what do you want to see uh, happen for Christopher's Kitchen? I want, my hope for Christopher's Kitchen is that with, with the nourishment and fresh water, that they offer a sense of normalcy and encouragement for these, these people who love the child the most. They're the real caregivers. They're the real hope of these children. And if they're not encouraged and fed, then... Everybody loses. But everybody at the hospital is brilliant, but these families are going to deal with the aftermath. Like I said, when I hear when I hear an ambulance, I don't usually. I know it sounds weird. I don't usually pray for the person in the ambulance. I start immediately praying for the family members who are going to get that phone call because wow. life is changing right now, and they have about five minutes of their life as they know it left. Yeah. And I oh, that know that. That is so true. That is yes. so true. That is yeah. so true. And you know, when I want to tell you, when you were talking about all of this with disability, I tell people all the time, you know, when they, sometimes when I talk about helping people with disabilities and, you know, you can just, tell that, oh, yeah, right, but they're really not focused on it. And I tell them, really, every one of you are temporarily temporarily able-bodied, but Mm -hmm. I guarantee you if Mm. something would happen to someone in your family, your whole outlook on this would change. You would suddenly be my biggest supporter because in just a second, just like with me, everything changed in just a second. And, uh, yeah, you do need to pray for the uh, parents because it's a... So many people have told me that, Sarah, how in one second their entire life was changed. Right, and and we watched it through children's. 
we watched we watched the children and how they got better remember we were dealing with the families as well and getting to know all of these children no matter what their condition was and i'm telling you what made the most difference in their healing process were the families and the hope that they had and the encouragement that they had and the support that they were giving their children. And if you're not able to give yourself 100% in the hospital, it really does affect the outcome because miracles happen there. Miracles happen all the time there. But a lot of it has to do with the family members, not just the wonderful hospital care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that is so true. Mm. Well, Joan, since we have all these listeners today, uh, what, what resources do you need the most? And what are the biggest barriers you deal with? Well, right now, the resources we need to... M- we need every resource right now. Um, actually, you know, um, they all kind of go around in a circle. You know, if you give us food, that's wonderful. Then we can go put it in. If you give us money, then we can buy food to go in. Um, you know, we are running this this operation very transparently, and we want to keep it that way. We want 80 to 90% of everything that's given to us to go back into the hospital. There's nobody in this organization that's being paid. We are just mothers trying to feed other mothers and other families. And so, you know, so right now I think, you know, like I said, it's kind of a circle. We can use any help we can get in any way we can get it. And um, volunteers are wonderful um, if you would like to volunteer, you would have to go to Children's Hospital's volunteer page and start start that process because you are in the hospital. So there's certain things that you have to do, and you have to have some shots and and different things like that. It's not very hard. It doesn't take very long, but there is a process involved if you want to be able to go into the hospital. And Jen, when you were like. Do you, do you mean you need people when you say resources? Do people actually donate food like uh, grocery stores? Like if Giant Eagle wanted to donate food, is that what you're meaning? I mean, I know you need. I would have to think you need money. Uh, but what all? What do you mean? What What do you? Well, right now we are trying to start partnering with big groups like Cisco and Giant Eagle, we are just starting that arduous process of of getting through the red tape and getting to the right people that would donate, you know, cases of food to us, you know, at this point. Um, We are, right now, though, we are partnered with 412 Food Rescue, which is another amazing nonprofit, and um, they are helping us the best that they can, but we, we also have a different need because everything has to be packaged before you put it in there because you can't just have um, Grandma Betty make a bowl of soup because, like I said, the allergy issues are, are very big. So um, everybody has to be able to read on the package what is in there so that nobody else gets sick by it. So um, we are working through them, and we are, we, are, we are working with the Community Food Bank. And so we are just, like I said, we are just starting to try and get into to meet the right people at these big corporations who I, I'm sure once they... Once we finally get to them, they're, they're definitely going to want to help us. Yes, Was that they the right will. answer? <laughs> and, Joan, I will do everything I can to help you. And everyone listening to the show, Joan, could you tell us again the website? What is the website name? It is Christopher'sKitchen.org. 
Christopher'sKitchen.org, and if you go there, can you make a donation through that page? Yes, you can. You can make a donation. You can, or you can volunteer. I think there's like three different options you can do right through the, right through the web page. Okay, Christopher'sKitchen.org. Well, Joan, look, you have done so much uh, that you had to get this way with this big heart you have and your commitment from someone somewhere uh, or someone in history, whatever it is, uh, who, who would you say is your role model? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to say it was my father because, uh, you know, like us all back in the day, we really didn't have much, but my dad never turned anybody down. Everybody was welcome in our house. You never knew who was going to be in our house, but there was always, we're Italian, obviously, so, you know, pasta is very cheap. You can always throw another pond of spaghetti in, so, so there was always room for another one, another person to sleep on the couch. Um, my dad always made space, time, and love for everybody, so that's where I think I got it from. Wow, that is a great, great homage to him. Hey, Sarah, how about you? Who would you say was your role model? I would say, like her father, it was my mother, and it was the same. Um, I can remember in high school having to stop by my house when I was driving girls home, and they would say, is your mother home? Isn't she the one who hugs everybody? Do you think your mother would give me a hug? I think people don't realize how lacking just love and encouragement is and how much we all need it. And just to see people, to really see each other as the beautiful souls we are and to not be afraid of something that's different even if it's uncomfortable, see them, speak to them, see how much you have in common. That's what my mother did. Well, she did a lot then. That, that is did. really, truly, uh, so, so true with everything both of you said. So true. So needed today. So needed is that love and kindness That's like Mr. Rogers used to say about being successful. Number one, be kind to someone. Number two, be kind to someone. Number three, be kind to someone. And and really, that is so true. Kindness. Kindness makes such a difference uh, in this world for everyone. Well, Joan, let me ask you. Wow, look at everything you're doing here. Joan, you started a nonprofit just started with a dream and with a your passion but throughout your life what what would you say is your greatest accomplishment oh my goodness i don't think i reached it yet <laughs> i you don't think reach i reached it yet. i i really uh, i think this is my greatest accomplishment and i um I, I don't. I think. I think the only way to go from here is up. Oh, I'm with you on that, Joan. I am with you. The only way to go from here is up. You are so right. Uh, look what you've done, though. It is a great accomplishment. How about you, Sarah? What would you say? Oh, my greatest accomplishment is probably besides my children. I think that it is my faith and to believe, to always see the light, even if it looks tiny and small, to know that the best is yet to come. I, I make my bed every morning um, because I heard that Nelson Mandela made his bed every morning. Um, And sometimes in life, this has felt like a prison. 
and sometimes a disability can feel like a jail. And I know that I know that God will make this good. And Joni has brightened my light. And I'm, I'm so hopeful and I'm so thankful that I hung on to see the miracles. And by the way, just remember, this show is archived not just here but on Voice America, but people hear this nationally and throughout the world. So remember, Sarah, you're having an impact on someone right now. And mm-hmm. someone will listen to this show and they will say, oh, my God, that was me or that is me. I feel like that. So just remember, you're making an impact right now, this Christmas season. It's what I always tell people, the night that changed the world was this week. One night Mm. that changed the world. And it is all about love and giving back and kindness. Uh, And, you know, I have a friend, he passed away. He was like a civil rights pastor, like the Martin Luther King Jr. of Pittsburgh, and he died from cancer a year ago, had his leg amputated. And do you know what? Right to the last minute of his life, even when I heard him preach when he got out of the hospital and he had lost his leg, uh, and again, he was so known for civil rights that when uh, Hillary Clinton was campaigning and President Clinton was with her, The day of his funeral, he just happened to be in Pittsburgh and made a comment about freedom. That was his name, so fitting, freedom. Every day, he would say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I used to think, wow, just like that story you just told about Nelson Mandela. What (laughs) great people you both are. Both of you. Both of you are a blessing to me and to all of our listeners. And with that, Joan, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Wow, that's a hard one. I, what message? Just to love one another. Empathy. I think empathy is, is, is the greatest gift you can have is to be able to put yourself in somebody else's situation and help them. How about you, Sarah? Well, you're making me tear up because every day before school, that's exactly what we, my mother would hold our hands, and that's what each of us had to recite. This is the day (laughs) that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And even in your darkest day... The sunshine always comes, whether you feel it or not. Know that it's coming. Well, that is a great message from both of you. You know what? It is so powerful that at the end of the year on this radio show that we should end with such inspirational and just wonderful people on this show And before we go, and thank you very much, both of you, for being with us today. Before we go, Joan, one more time, the website. Christopher'sKitchen.org. Christopher'sKitchen.org. Make a donation, volunteer, and tell everyone you know about Christopher's Kitchen right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Couldn't wait to say this now. Talk to you next year. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.